The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Play fake. Cook setting up. Throwing deep. Got a man. It's caught inside the 20-yard line by Johnson. It goes for 50 yards into the red zone. Just a deep post play action pass. The protection was there. And a great find by Brady Cook. Ohio State has never shot out an opponent in a bowl game. And Missouri's on the doorstep. Inside the five and into the end zone for the first touchdown of the game is Cody Schrader. One thing about Brady Cook, he's tough. Hands off Schrader. Inside the 15. Inside the 10, clocked out of bound, and trying maybe to put this game away right now. Second down and goal, 13th play of the drive. Cook to the air, into the end zone, caught, and there's Luther Burton. Touchdown, Missouri. We've been waiting for Burton to arrive all night long, and it happens at the most critical time. Keen holds a trouble ball, flutters. They haven't signaled yet, and now they do. Ruling on the field is a fumble recovered a fumble. by Missouri. Cornell chopped it out. Joe Moore with the recovery. Missouri football. Harrison Mevis, and that was really a launch point for the season to get them to this point as Cotton Bowl champions in an 11-win season. This is the Mazzotcast. 
Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazadcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And as always, <laughs> resident football expert, Caleb Bungart. Hello, children. And we are coming to you a day after the Missouri Tigers defeated the Ohio State Buckeyes in the 2023 Cotton Bowl 14-3. to Fellas, that is not something I expected in the uh, Mazadcast season saying. No, absolutely not. I mean, it was a game, I would say, that was pretty endemic of the entire season for Mizzou football, which is like moments of sheer frustration and seeming ineptitude followed by completely pulling it to fucking gather, shutting my mouth and celebrating wildly about accomplishing something that Missouri fans rarely see accomplished. Yeah, if you told me at the beginning of the season that it would end with beating Ohio State, I'd been like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, no. Probably not the way it would have been written. And like I said, nobody was more uh, skeptical of Brady Cook. And uh, you know, I've said it before, I believe I referred to uh, Cody Schrader as a placeholder. So, uh, no, it did not go the, this season did not go the way I anticipated (laughs) in a positive way. I didn't expect 11 and two didn't have that in my bingo card. No, it was fantastic. Fantastic. I I didn't win a lot of money off Mizzou because I never believed in them until last night or whatever night it was. I don't fucking remember two nights ago. And then I won lots of money off them. I was a believer at the end. Yeah. This game, uh, I think you tweeted about it, Brendan was very reminiscent of the season. You know, it was, uh, frustrating in the beginning. They, they looked, like they did at the beginning of the season. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we still were very skeptical about this team. I mean, remember when they played Middle Tennessee? I mean, we did not look like this team against Middle Tennessee. No. Um, it was easy to be like, hey, I think we're right about this team and Drinkwitz not being great and Cook not being great. And, you know, I don't, I don't believe. And, and then in the second half, they did what they did in the second half of the season, basically. I tweeted about it at halftime. I'm like, just shove Cody Schrader down their throat until they choke on him. Until yeah. they fucking choke on the bastard, because it has worked before, and what we're doing now is not working at all. I think it helped. Hook made a throw like with eight seconds left to Cooper, and he dropped a dime right over the top yeah. of a linebacker between two safeties. Like it was a great pass, and by far the best pass he'd made the entire half. And it didn't amount to anything because we didn't get anything going after that. But I think that throw may have given Cook a little more uh, confidence going in the second half. And then obviously, like I said, we just force-fed Cody Schrader to to Ohio State like we have everybody else basically since LSU. Yeah, old-school Mizzou Mazodcast fans, real ones who may know uh, the name Brian Goers. He kept texting me throughout the entire first half in all caps, hand the fucking ball off to Schrader. Hand the (laughs) fucking ball off to Schrader. And, I mean, I just get a text and be like, Brian Goers, hand the fucking ball off to Schrader. And, you know, Colin, I, you know, I am susceptible to the Mizzou Blues. I've caught it before. You You never get rid of it. All season long. You can suppress it. I've had to delete tweets from Britain about halftime. Yeah. And, you know, Colin, you don't get rid of the Mizzou Blues. You can push it down like herpes, but you can't get rid of it. And, (laughs) um, you know, there were points where, like, we were trying a 65-yard field goal at the, to end the half, you know, or like going to march Mevis out there. And that's going to be a lot of fun because we're really only down three. You know, it's three to nothing. We don't score a single fucking point in that entire half. The, the odds of making this are low. But we go and get a fucking delay of game penalty. And many of you will remember in the exact same way we did against Kansas State before Mevis pulled off the 61-yarder. But I was just so infuriated. And I had to tell myself, I'm like, 
Look, it was a 65-year kick. We probably weren't making it anyway. But why do we have to go and fuck ourselves in the ass? And we did stuff yeah, like I don't that. Know. But it's totally erased. One, it was totally erased by the defense playing out of their yeah. fucking mind. Obviously, we all know Ohio State was on their third-string quarterback at that point. But, I mean, the defense, without Tyron Hopper, without Ennis Rakestraw, played incredible. And it didn't matter Nobody how was bad the throw against that defense. We were blitzing like crazy. Yeah. But I'll tell you something else, Brennan, that they – they did it on see they did all season and overcame just like those play of games is Polson twice fucked us. Oh my god. You know, yes. once with his once with the fucking early snap. And the, there was another one that I don't know if people noticed earlier in the game. One of the times Brady Cook got just absolutely got sacked is because our left tackle was not even looking at the guy he's supposed to be blocking because he didn't know the ball was going to get snapped yet. <laughs> yes. And the and the defensive end just walked right around him because Tolson fucking snapped the ball before the line was ready. I, I don't understand how that happens every game, but you know what? We're so good. It hasn't mattered. It hasn't yeah. mattered one time this season, basically. Uh, it it's sure. incredible that we have a one to two bad snaps per game, which could and be backbreaking. We, you know? Yeah. Could turnovers, touchdowns, like people, you know, how many times have you seen a defensive end scoop something like that up and run it into the end zone? It didn't happen to us once this season, but I just, I want, Connor Tolson not to be the center next year, or I want him to learn how to be a center <laughs> in the offseason. But you know, I shouldn't be negative. We've just won the fucking Cotton Bowl. And so well, I and I just wanted to mention those things because the fourth quarter was where things got amazing. And and also there is a weird sort of fandom, cult fandom, where you can't you feel like you can never acknowledge any time your team does anything wrong. But we do do wrong things. I mean, we get a 15-yard gain and then immediately get a false start. You know, we <laughs> we would do things like, you know, uh, I know, I know that Johnny Walker got punched in the face. But he still jawed and got his himself that penalty when we just held them to like fourth and 17 from their own one-yard yep. line. A back-breaking fucking penalty and end up not mattering. Fine. All that is to say the fourth quarter comes around. And things start to open up. We go 95 yards on a drive when we could not move the goddamn ball all day long. And a lot of it goes to Cody Schrader. And a lot of it goes to Brady Cook, who turned into the players that we recognize from the rest of the season. And they did what they had to do to beat the number seven team in the country, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I don't want to hear anybody talk about how they're a shell of themselves or they're a scout team. They were missing like two guys, basically. Their defense was there. That's right. No one on the defense was gone. And so was their offensive line. And their offensive line was getting absolutely worked. That that game, I mean, the first half of it was an awful fuck. Paul and I were together and watched it. I mean, it was not. Holding hands and everything. We were 90 sports and, and things like that because the game wasn't interesting at all. But I'm just saying, like, they got it together in the second half. But that game wasn't close. Like, I never thought Ohio State was going to charge down the field and just mm-hmm. score a touchdown at will. Like, I, it never scared me. I thought we'll score a couple touchdowns and win the game. Like, hell, we'll kick two field goals and win the game. Yeah, They're well, that's not- why I was getting frustrated with Brennan when he was throwing out his Mizzou blue tweets. I'm like, Brennan, we're down by three, <laughs> and they haven't been able to move the ball past the 50 yard line. They've got <laughs> one first down. I was like. Pump the brakes, kiddo. Well, to be fair, Colin, it seemed like if Ohio State were to score a touchdown and we were going to be down 10 to nothing, that would be insurmountable at that point. Well, at one point of the game, it did feel that way. And I think this, and I got, nobody's going to want to hear this after a winning assault, but it, Brady Cook is a good college quarterback. And man, he did some great things with his legs. But Brady Cook needs 
uh, Cody Schrader to be able to run the ball. Just objectively, truthfully, Brady Cook has been fantastic this year, but he is not a guy you want to put the game on his shoulders. You know, like to win the game from start to finish. Now he's made he made a fourth and seventeen throw, and you can that that game that was definitely on his shoulders. But what I mean is, it's like he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not your offense. He needs he needs the running game to help him out because when if if we are a one dimensional offense where we have to throw every down, Brady Cook is not equipped to do that, and. You know, I think several, you know, fans mentioned it on Twitter. A lot of people saw it. there were several open wide receivers down in the field that he missed. I mean, he is not a perfect quarterback. Now, he was really good when he needed to be. And that throw to Marquise Johnson was fantastic. It was sort of the, the play that woke this whole team up. But uh, and I don't I don't say this to denigrate Brady Cook. I just mean that we needed Cody Schrader. We needed to run the ball like you can't just take the ball, hand it to Brady Cook, and say, win us this football game. That's not who he is. No, he's absolutely not that guy. But he, I don't think he'll ever super lose you a game. But That's he's right. never no, absolutely not. He's a good quarterback. A, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's he's got the guys around him he needs. He needs a running back next year. He's got the receivers. And if he has the line and everything else, he Georgia won football games with Stinson or whatever the fuck his name is. Stetson uh, Bennett. Stetson Bennett. Yes, I mean Brady Cook is better than Stetson Bennett. I agree with that. I agree with that. And Georgia fans were puking their mouths. They heard you say that, Caleb. <laughs> Stetson Bennett was uh, was a mediocre guy on a fucking amazing football team. And I, and I think uh, I don't think Brady Cook is mediocre. I think he's good. He's just not yeah. great. And that's that's not a mis- that's not. I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, no, he's not great. I mean, he's not going to win the Heisman Trophy or anything. Well, I'll he's make- not even he's not Chase Daniel, but he is good, and he's going to. I mean, he just won the fucking Cotton Bowl against Ohio State, an eleven win game, and may may make the playoffs next year. Yeah, and uh, you know, cement himself as like an all timer. So, I mean, no, all credit to Brady Cook. I just, I just basically it's a long way of saying like you got to have Cody Schrader and you got to force this running game because you can't put it all on Cook. Well, Colin, I'll make this comparison. Um, James Franklin wasn't a great quarterback, but he led the best, one of the best Tiger teams I've ever seen in my lifetime in 2013. And they were as dominant as this team has been. And he, he, much like Brady Cook, he did exactly what the team he had needed to be done to produce W's. And they they did it again. I mean, look, they're 11 and two. They won the Cotton Bowl. They're currently number nine in the country. They beat the number seven team in the country. One of the blue bloods in America, Ohio State Buckeyes. You could not have asked this team to do any more than what they have done this season. We talked about in the before the season started, maybe winning eight games. And I wanted to reel it in because I thought I was being too pie in the sky optimistic. (laughs) Because and they were fucking they won eight games two thirds of the way through the season. I mean, it was an incredible season. And I mean, I talked shit on Eli Drinkwitz and on Brady Cook harder than anybody early on. And by the end of the season, Colin, we did the last episode where we were previewing this game, and I was like, "We're winning the fucking Cotton Bowl." I bought Cook coin. I'm a believer. Like completely turned me fucking around. And I'm happy to eat crow and own the fact that I didn't. See this coming, but nobody well, else did either. Create a spreadsheet and a and a and a, uh. and a and a new sort of saber metric system to tell fans how you were actually right about Drinkwitz. Yeah, despite what you saw on the team, despite the fact that we just won the Cotton Bowl. Some uh, people do that, yeah, but <laughs> the, it, it's crazy, and it needs to be. I mean, it, it's going to be. It, 
look, the seasons, since I've been alive, there have been four years that have been just objectively magical seasons. 2007, 2013, 2014, and this year. I mean, in my lifetime, four good, four great, wonderful seasons. And this is right up there with them. And I mean, to me, 2007 is hard to top because we were number one in the country. We had this magical win over Kansas and Arrowhead. But I mean, this is right up there at number two in my mind as far as the best seasons in my lifetime. I can't even believe I'm, the words are coming out of my mouth. Well, Brendan, you know, maybe it's Cook's the right quarterback for the right time, too. Because if you had some, you know, Jaden Daniels all-star quarterback, you maybe feel pressure to, to put the ball in his hands or force him to throw more. And maybe you don't you, – the, the, the recipe that got us wins all season was Schrader. You know, but he has no ego. You know, he's going to do whatever it takes to win the football game. He's not worried about it, how many attempts he's getting. He's not worried about his stat line. He just wants to win football games. Mm-hmm. And if you had some five-star recruit quarterback, the coaching staff may feel pressure to, you know, put the ball in his hands. One, because, you know, he'd be a five-star recruit. And two, because here's the transfer portal, this ever-present boogeyman in the background going, hey, you better take care of your players. They may go someplace else. You know, it was a 91 and a 95-yard drive in the fourth quarter that ultimately won this game. But one thing we haven't talked about, Colin, is earlier in the game, uh, there was a non-call. I'm sure you guys both saw it, where Ohio State fumbled the fucking football and Missouri recovered (laughs) the football. And it was inside the Ohio State 5. It was a guaranteed touchdown. And on top of that, we were driving to end the game. We ran, we bled the clock out and ended up kneeling in victory formation. But... Had we decided to pull a, you know, a, a Butch Jones kind of thing, we could, this could have been a 28 to three game. You know what I mean? Like if the refs hadn't fucked us square up the asshole early on, and if we decided to be cruel, it, yeah. it was, well, a, it ended up being more of a lopsided game than even the scoreboard indicates. Oh, for sure. And they, they, they called only one of the three tackles out of bounds that Ohio State had. You know, one of them was egregious. Cook's literally running in the white stripe. And the guy just, the, the number one on Ohio State just leveled him. And I'm just like, uh, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do that. Uh, at least you're not allowed to do that to, you know, probably Michigan's quarterback. You're certainly yeah. allowed to do it to Missouri's. But anyway, it ended up mattering. Yeah. But uh, can we talk about, though, the, the excuse machine that's been coming out and the talk in all the bowls about <laughs> well, how. Well, as, as, we, as long as before we get in the segment, we get to talk about Chase Daniel's jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I know you were excited about that. <laughs> he's never been a fashionista. <laughs> well, it's, I would say like he's must be single, but I know he's married. But he, like he must be single because anybody that has a wife doesn't leave the house with that jacket on. <laughs> you know, the, the wife's like, don't, no, no, honey, no. But uh, apparently not. Um, you know, Donna, have you seen how football players dress? Ever. I, I mean, know, but like, well, if they don't dress like the, the Thunderbirds from the Grease Lightning, like, what are you talking <laughs> Like, yeah, they'll wear zoot suits. Yeah. Travis uh, Kelsey you know. pulls off some looks now. <laughs> yeah. And fuck, Cam Newton dresses like something from a Tim Burton film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it's going a Johnny Depp route. But the, yeah. But the, but the full on, uh, you know, Puerto Rican street gang outfit from West Side Story, you know, that I didn't expect that from Chase Daniel. <laughs> No, it was a look. Um, but and Chase Daniel has been up, trying to get in front of the camera a lot. I guess he's an ESPN analyst now. I've seen a lot more of mm-hmm. Chase Daniel than I ever have. Uh, but man, everybody was out for this one because it seems like just Mizzou is on this un- this crazy wave right now with the football program. 
Um, I did want to address the Ohio State crybabies a little bit because there's all this talk about how the transfer portal and NIL and this and that have ruined college bowl games. And because Ohio State was a shell of themselves that this game really didn't count. And I just want to say, because the same thing happened on a much bigger level with Georgia and Florida State when Georgia absolutely just demolished Florida State. I mean (laughs) – Shower rape is really the only term you can really use. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, bring a towel because they're going to need it for our sweat and your tears. The only thing I need explained to me like I'm a child, like I'm Danny Cannell, is why does the transfer portal and NIL dollars and the new era of college football, why does that only impact the losing team? Like, why isn't Georgia impacted by that? Why is Missouri not <laughs> impacted, but Ohio State? Somebody explain to me, like I'm a five-year-old, why it doesn't affect everybody. Like it sounds like – because to me, it sounds like you're just a fucking crybaby, sour grapes, piece of shit loser. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't wait for the Barrett Sallies and the Joel Klatz and the Danny Cannell. I can't wait to that whole – like I I hope they're not going to get to do this until they're old because I'm so sick of hearing that type of guy on these fucking – college football shows you know belly aching about the transfer portal or ruining the bowl system or like what are you all talking about like we're on the verge of having the nfl playoffs in college and you guys are bitching like it's a bad thing like i'm ready to put all of your heads through a fucking plate glass window that's all i've heard from gottlieb yeah Uh, oh gottlieb is cut of the exact same cloth well, and you even got like like Nick Saban, one of the oldest coaches now in the sport, is saying, hey, you guys who are traditionalists and you want it to be like the Pac-10 and the Big 8 and the Bulls to be what they used to be, the train has left the station, guys. And he's right. And it does no – I mean, I guess it feeds the 24-hour ESPN television talking head bullshit cycle, but it does nothing to bitch about because – well, the playoffs are going to be so much better. And the Bulls never meant anything. Here's the dirty little mm-hmm. secret. The Pop-Tart Bowl <laughs> wasn't important before. <laughs> well, and the, uh, Kirby Smart made, you know, gave some speech after his ga- after they demolished FSU, basically yeah. saying college football needs to decide what it wants to be. And, the, we, you know, these people sit now, we got to figure this out. And I'm just like, I agree with him. I do that. Like, they're, they're, we're going to have to put some guardrails on this. I absolutely agree with that sentiment. But there's part of me, too, that goes – Hey, Kirby Smart, if you want those guys to show up, pay them more. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you would do any fucking employee at any fucking job. This this old boomer fucking mentality that's like, hey, these kids are sitting out. I'm like, yeah, they're sitting out. They could break their goddamn neck doing this. And it's crazy. What's really crazy is I think that for the last 150 years, they've been doing it for free. <laughs> you know, like what's cra- now it's like, hey, if you guys, you know, want the, you know, these guys not to sit out, I'm, I'm sure there's a price. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like fuck you guys. I, th- it's amazing to me that all of these guys who you know exactly how they feel about the economy and politics and all that stuff sit there and just bash capitalism and the free market when it comes to college athletes, Ex- but not in any other facet of life. Well, and regardless of having this argument, to me, I just wanted to explain like why does it only apply to half the teams? You know, like the the team that scored sixty three points was just as subject to the opt-outs and transfers and NIL dollars as the team that scored three points. So please explain to me why one, you know, like Georgia had every reason not to care about this game as much as Florida State did. 
but they decided to score 63 fucking points, you know? So like the debate is whether this is good or whether this is bad. Tell me why it only applies to one side and not the other. That's what I want to hear. They're screaming about decisions of 19 year olds. (laughs) Yeah. Ultimately. I don't understand why it's different in college football than it is in any other part of the world. 19 year olds do whatever the fuck they want to do. They sleep whenever (laughs) they sleep. They tell people whatever the fuck they want to do. Like, you're not going to control a 19-year-old if he doesn't want to play fucking football that week. He ain't going to play, especially if he's going to get drafted. Like, I wouldn't play. Fuck you. I'm 40. I'm a man. I'm 40. Like, it's dumb. It's it's like a grown-ass man playing slow-pitch softball. <laughs> go do buddies, but he could also break his motherfucking leg and not go to work, and then he doesn't get paid. So what are you going to do? Yeah, go to work. Like, quit screaming at the sky, old fucks. Get over it. It's what <laughs> talking about. It's This is not life or death. Like, yeah. let them do whatever the fuck they want to do and put the people on the field. Get good backups. I don't know. <laughs> well, and I think Missouri's a perfect example of, like, yeah, Danny Cannell, it's not the way it was when you were 100 years ago when you were in college. But you know what? Eli Drinkwitz has figured it out. He's these players all seem pretty happy where they're at. We have basically lost no one to the portal, practically, at least no one that you've ever heard of. You know, next year we look great. Everybody wants to come back, aside from a few guys who are going to go to the fucking draft. You know, the NIL money's flowing. Everybody showed up for the fucking bowl game. You know, what they're really belly aching about is the teams they're rooting for are doing a worse job. <laughs> that's and that's what what's really happening in college football. And this was great. Is the Blue Bloods are finally being drawn back to the pack yeah. by the free market. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's, it's, you're, you're just complaining really that you're losing. And it's not just like, not just Ohio (laughs) state fans or Florida state fans, but it's the type of stupid college football fan that feels this entitlement that the Notre Dames and the Ohio states and the Alabamas deserve to win every year and should win every year. And when somebody else gets a shot at the table, that is a bad year for the sport. Fuck you. It is not. You know what I mean? Like that's no, 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 no. I don't subscribe to that at all. Missouri beat Ohio State. That's ultimately what they're mad about. Not anything else. The Missouri Ohio State game had the biggest like ratings of a January 1st bowl weekend in I can't remember how many years. It was huge. And it's like, well, I mean, Ohio State's a huge draw, but Missouri's not, you know, Missouri's Missouri. You know, they're you know, until this year I would describe them as middling, you know. Yeah. But they still they were a huge draw. Well so I don't tell me you have to have Alabama, you know, playing Notre Dame to get America to care. That's right. If anything, it proves that this system is working. It's worked for a hundred years for the NFL. I cannot believe people push back on it. <laughs> Speaking There's of literally the biggest sport in the world, billions, billions with a fucking capital B every year for the NFL. Like it's sitting right next to this. It's literally and, the and same the sport. <laughs> yeah. Literally everything is the fucking same, except there's 300 and some teams instead of 32. But at the end of the day, like we've got this, we have the template and we've had it for years. I, it's crazy to me that we used to have this argument at the BCS and then we had it about a four playoff system and now we're having it at a 12 playoff system. And it's just, nobody ever gets tired of like being on the wrong side of history. Yeah. Well, and we spent about a hundred years feeling obligated to pretend like these kids were going to school. And I feel like yeah. we're, we're, we're past that part now. So that's, that's sort of taken the sort of reins and freed everybody up a little bit. 
But, I mean, Colin, going back to talking about Mizzou being a draw, I will say that what Eli Drinkwitz and Desiree Reed Francois have done to this program, Missouri fans were absolutely jacked about this game. I think there were 11,000 people that went to the official Alumni Association tailgate in the Texas Rangers Stadium across the street from the uh, Jerry Dome and thousands more who didn't get into that stadium. I mean, it, Mizzou felt sold out its allotment immediately and then bought up a bunch of the Ohio State fan tickets. I mean, Mizzou was ready for this party and showed on the national stage that, hey, Mizzou can put eyeballs on your TV sets and Mizzou can sell tickets. And Mizzou is a big enough draw to play at the big boys table. And I was more than happy to see it. Well, they, um, I think it's not just Ohio State and it's not just the, the Cotton Bowl. I think part of it is it's just you can – visually with your eyeball see that this is a better football team than we've had in a long time this this is not just like oh they're a pretty scrappy little bunch and they're going to win some football games like no this group's going to be a handful for anyone they play anyone well we have got a lot to cover obviously we got a lot of phone calls about this game uh there there were sour grapes as you might have imagined uh you know colin one of the (laughs) caleb one of the guys I saw on Twitter was like, oh, well, this just goes to show that uh, Ohio State is such a big deal program that there are a lot of teams like smaller teams like Missouri out there that are just excited to be able to play in Ohio State. And I wrote back, I'm like, no, it wasn't so much the getting to play you as the beating you. And uh, we could have played Maryland and beaten Maryland in the Cotton Bowl and gone 11 and 2. And we'd have still been very excited. So like chill out, douchebag, blue blood entitled pricks you know what it's not about you we uh don't play alabama and georgia and lsu and ole miss and people like that every year it's i mean i get after a while and you just keep calling it our super bowl like yeah we're fucking excited to win football games so are you (laughs) don't tell me you're not excited when your team wins a football game yeah like it's so funny about people like oh it's your super bowl you know what it's great to win. It yeah. feels good. I tell my 11-year-old basketball and football teams, like, it feels good to win. Losing sucks. <laughs> like, everybody likes it when you win. Yeah, sorry we cheered. I said it on Twitter today, like, winning a bowl game is good for everybody that cheers for the team, basically. Down to the donors, the, the kids that go to school at the university, it's good. They all like it it makes them feel good the only people that don't care about the bowl game are the fucking losers and that's at everything in life doesn't matter what it is when you lose you don't care if you win you care that's just life yeah and brendan i want to i want to do some shout outs just before we head to the break because we we've spent a lot of time when we talk about the game that we sort of go over the game talking about uh status of college football as we know it but uh cody schrader you know, over a hundred yards, obviously a, a, a machine. The offensive line played well. Carnell had a fucking game. Uh, Carlisle had a game. You know, the, def- the defense just on the whole just was great. I mean, Johnny Walker Jr., I mean, did have that penalty, but he also won the defensive MVP for the game because he was a, just an impossible to block. Uh, anybody I'm forgetting, Luther Burden had a touchdown. I mean, Brady Cook, that throw was an absolute fucking, you know, thread the eye of a needle. To get that touchdown, am I missing anybody? We need to, you know, Theo. Theo Weiss is a guy who I feel like has been under the radar all year long, but integral to this team. No, I, I mean, I think the the names you shouted out are it captures a lot of it. But I don't know, uh, th- so much. I also love the fake pitch play. 
Yes. Um, by the yeah. way, that's uh, the fourth down, fourth yeah. and one play. Yeah, and uh, that's Drinkwitz should get get a tip of the cap there. Yeah, because sure. it was a is, you know Drinkwitz is not known for big balls plays. I, I mean, aside from I will say the the Kentucky fake punt probably, but that was a moment where you would have had every justification to say let's take the three points right now and get the fuck out of here right yeah and he didn't he said we can make one yard and he had a great play lined up you know all credit to them for doing it yeah and and we all know that um for brady cook's ups and downs he can run the ball and he's not afraid to take a hit and that fake pitch has worked before and it got us what we needed and that ultimately led to us absolutely icing the game so my hat is off to for to Eli Drinkwitz for having the fucking stones to make that call because it uh, it just goes to show going for it usually works. Except if you're the Lions in the Cowboys game that I just watched and they went for two at the end and lost the game by one <laughs> instead of two. <laughs> Except for that thing tonight yeah. that completely takes away from what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anything else anybody wants to wrap up before we head into the uh, the break with the voicemail? Nope. All right. This is the Mazadcast. Hey, guys. Mazadcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazadcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. back and as we promised a lot of you all had things to say about this game and i will say these voicemails always come in chronologically and there were three quarters of this game where our offense had an absolute limp dick so i'm sure there's going to be a sharp turn come the fourth quarter but let's get into now the mazakas mailbag here's the mail it never fails it makes me want to wag my tail when it comes i want to will Please, God, just let us get within 60 yards of the fucking upright twice. That's all I need. <laughs> That's right. It did always seem like Ohio State was never going to score. And if we could just boot in two field goals and we know that Mavis can go 60 yards, that's all we needed. One of the few things I um, wish could have happened this game is, I, you know, it's the thicker kicker that he's done. I wish he could have got to kick in the Cotton Bowl yeah. against Ohio State at least once. That would have been nice. I do wish we would have had a chance at that 65-yarder indoors. It would have been fun. It would have been fun to sneak yeah. one over and make that 61 yarder the second best kick he had all year. Mm hmm. This is not the best. This is Hobo Come. Hobo Come. And um, three nothing. I'm watching Iowa play. <laughs> I'm, I don't know what to do. I don't, I mean, our defense is great. Cook, I feel bad. I don't know what to do. Just disappointment. This is Stiffy in Houston. Um, but hey, it's a minute 39 left in the third. We just were at the 35 yard line. Let's go, baby. Come on, M I Z. M I Z. 
Yeah, I mean, it was tough. You had to stick with it. I mean, I, I get the sads famously. I get the Mizzou Blues. But it is hard to deal with not being able to score for three quarters of football. That's tough. But if you stuck it out, it was well worth it. It's Sifty and Houston. We just got that huge play with a minute left in the third. Let's go, baby. M-I-Z. Just when I thought we were out, they bring me back in. <laughs> Father. Part three. Just when I thought I was out. They pull me back in. I promise no matter what happens, I'll never say another bad thing about Brady Tuffer. <laughs> you know how many times I've said that to myself this year? Like, my mother-in-law asked me, it's like, is it your, she doesn't watch Mizzou football. She's from Mississippi. She's like, is, this, is your quarterback any good? And I was like, a lot of times he's not, but right about the time where I start to talk shit about him, he does something amazing. So, I mean, <laughs> kind of good, yeah. <laughs> that was my definition. Well, and I think we have... I don't know. Like, he's pretty good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like we are, he's our quarterback. So, remember, we're like hypersensitive. I, I, I feel like other teams who have played us would be like, Brady Cook's a pain in the ass. I mean, imagine being an Ohio State fan and watching him continuously run for 15 yard uh, third down conversions yeah. yesterday. You'd be like, I hate this fucking guy. Oh, I know. But I, you know what I do? I'm like, God, you were clearly in the pocket. Why'd you throw that fucking ball? That is clearly intentional grounding. God. Damn it. You know, that's well, what I he, see. He did miss Luther Burden <laughs> wide open one time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wide open. It's easy to be point out but those things. Yeah, He's exactly. Damn good. Yeah, I know. I know. But uh, anyway, moving on. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. That's the cosmo, baby. Let's go. M-I-G. Yeah. Let's go. I do love the calls from inside the stadium. Those are some of my favorites, even though a lot of times you can't understand anything being said. You catch the vibe. Yeah, that guy's all chubbed up. Yeah. Where are we all? Stiffy from Houston here, and I think Cody Schrader just got the all-time single-season rushing record. Let's go, M-I-Z-Z-O-U, go Tigers. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I you know Beatty got it a couple of years ago, and I thought, like, well, that's, that's going to stick around a while. Beatty ran like crazy, and here we are. Like Cody Schrader snuck up on us as being awesome. Consensus All-American. Jesus Christ. I know. It's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, I would have never. I mean, listen, we last year, this year, before the season started, we all had conversations about, yeah, Cody Schrader looks good. But, I mean, Nate Pete looks like the more talented back. <laughs> I know. The more the bigger guy. Back. Like, oh, it turns out he's just like, I don't know where he stacks up on the on the list of all-time running backs for uh, Missouri. But, you know, consensus All-American gonna put you pretty up high up the list you know like Absolutely. all-time rushing they're pretty high up a list i mean yeah. i don't I yeah don't mount rushmore right I, like he's gotta be up I, on I, him. Need, I need to look up mizzou running backs because i don't want to fall into the recency bias yeah um trap but it's hard to imagine somebody being better at this point yeah i mean he's better than brock olivo no <laughs> but that's not as hard as you think no <laughs> Uh, that's you know that's one of those that's one of those years where like Missouri was not very good, and so awful. Brock Olivo being you know having a good season was like all you could you know like hold on to right because everybody got the chant Olivo Brocko the whole game because they weren't doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, you know, and the, the uh, you get you of course you always get the uh, Whitey McWhiterson bump, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's always that crowd. <laughs> Thanks to Christian McCaffrey in the NFL. Yeah. Like Cody Trainer. 
I remember Brock Olivo. I was young enough that he was a sort of a cautionary tale for me. I was like, man, Brock Olivo is amazing. He's the best ever. Like he's going to play. He's going to, you know, I hope the Chiefs draft him and blah, blah, blah. And then he, I think he went to Detroit and, you know, had a cup of coffee on special teams and then a repeated drop. Yeah. You know, and it was like, oh, the best guy from my football team can't even sniff the NFL, an NFL roster. And it was sort of one of those educational moments. I uh, I don't know if you all remember <laughs> after his playing career, Brock Olivo had like a brief moment where he wanted to run for political office, and it was pretty. Oh, I don't. I do but not remember this. Yeah, yes, and, in Colorado. Yeah, and Missouri. In, in Missouri particularly, but um, I can't. I'm trying to. I'm looking up what he said, but he basically. He sadly revealed himself to be quite the idiot, and um, <laughs> I think a perfectly nice guy. But I mean, he stumble bumbled through like a primary season, and I like it just did like sneak out of politics altogether because he turns out this is not a guy you want in front of a microphone. Um, Hirsch Walker, like <laughs> yeah, he was he was Herschel Walker before Herschel Walker was Herschel. I don't think he was as insane as Herschel Walker, but he certainly. Um, said some things that were kind of like buffoonish. And uh, anyway, Herschel Walker was a guy who literally was like claiming he was a, like a law officer, even though he'd never been one. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was saying like straight up, like crazy stuff. Brock Olivo, I imagine was just dumb. Yeah. No, that's, I, that's, I don't know. I don't know either. What, you know, I, mean, I don't know the circumstances, but I think Brock Olivo was probably a super nice guy, but he's also probably super dumb. And he, <laughs> he seemed to be in that. Anyway, we're getting way off the topic, but yeah, yeah. Brock Olivo, great tiger. We digress. Pretty dumb. This time last year, I would have fucking committed myself to an insane asylum if Brady Cook was our fucking quarterback. And now, I, God, he can, he can date my daughter. That's fucking stupid. Like, this man is, he is him. That's fucking ridiculous. This is Submarine Bob in Omaha. Mm. You gotta love taking the cooler poopers to the woodshed. <laughs> M-I-Z. Oh, does anybody have any idea what that reference is about? Because I don't. I don't. don't. only time I know about cooler pooping was somebody when we were in high school pooped in the cooler at the country club. And I'm looking had, it up on Google right now. Yeah, we haven't had water on the course since. <laughs> cooler poopers. A cooler pooper. Oh, here's an Urban Dictionary thing. Cooler pooper. A classless sports fan originating from a 2005 college football game between the Texas Longhorns and the Ohio State Buckeyes, which was overcrowded to the point the fans resorted to pooping in their coolers. But yeah, I, I guess I, I need to look into that more because that's a 2005 cooler pooping incident that I wish I knew about. Thank you, uh, Submarine Bob. If my wife ain't pregnant by now, she sure as fuck will be after tonight. M-I-Z, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Atta boy, lay the wood. That's lay right. Godspeed to you. Mm, I'm about to nut, boy. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> good heavens. Good. Yeah. That guy's having a good time. Was that Twink, Caleb? Yeah, may have been, but I'm telling you this. Only on the Mazodcast, guys. Only on the Mazodcast. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm not going to get that on the Power Mizzou podcast. <laughs> no, no, you're not. I freaking love this team. Darius Robinson, Johnny Walker, Chris Abrams-Drain. You go to the offense, Brady Cook, Schrader, Luther Burden. 
Sicker kicker Harrison Nevis. I mean, they just played like a team all year. Yeah, they had they heart. Tough hearts. This is so awesome. Not even my wife can ruin this for me for yelling at me <laughs> for drinking too much. <laughs> I love this team. I'm so happy. M-I-Z. There's been a number of calls where people have just taken dumps on their wives for no reason during their voicemail signal. A quick little window into this guy's life. He doesn't like his wife very much. Brent, I bet the, his lawn is immaculate. Uh, yes, yeah. go ahead. What is the term that Drinkwitz kept using? Something about they're not, they're not blue blood, whatever. They're, something brotherhood. Woodshed yeah, brotherhood, the I can't remember. dirt dirt people. I, I can't remember what the term <laughs> was either. People brotherhood. I can't even remember what it was. Yeah, people love Drinkwitz for saying stuff that's weird. I don't remember. Well, it's just like it something the chaplain said. It was obviously he had like he had like, hey, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, he said it in like the post game and then at the post post game. And like, he's like, it's the, I don't know. We're just going to call it the Joe dirt brotherhood. Because <laughs> yeah, I can't color. remember the exact term, but yeah, it was the, 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 all those guys that that caller mentioned are part of the Joe dirt brotherhood. Just so proud of our team. I think this tonight was a, a testament to a wilderness brotherhood. A bunch of guys that have fought through adversity their entire lives and career. We're not blue bloods. We're dirty, hardworking brotherhood that loves each other and fight for each other. Fuck them right in your dick scarred asses. Who belongs now, bitch? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh. What the fuckers? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> That was an aborted attempt. Uh, you know, I'm kind of surprised as we're getting into these celebration calls that nobody was really calling in during the tough first half where we couldn't get on the board. I'm kind of glad about it. They waited until they could just, I don't know, ejaculate into their phone. What's up? My podcast is Bird in California. Been listening to you guys since I heard the first Josh Heupel interview. <laughs> or I thought it was until I figured out what was going on with your guys' show. Been loving you guys ever since. Fucking such a degenerate. I even had to go back and listen to all your old episodes. And uh, unfortunately, because you fuckers, I can't get hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. Hot dog water. Hot dog water. Or hobo cum out of my head. Hobo cum. I want to say them every <laughs> chance I get, and everyone looks at me all weird and shit. But fuck it. Mizzou just won 11-2. and two. Game was a piece of hot garbage, but I don't care. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. We won, and fuck them. Fuck them all. And I can't wait till next year. Thank you, guys. Thanks to team and holy shit, we won eleven and two. Fucking hot dog, hot dog garbage. Hot dog garbage. Hobo cum. Fuck you guys. Whiskey's great. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Hot dog garbage. <laughs> wow, he's a long timer. He knows Brian Goers. Thank you for listening. Yeah, it was uh, it was great. Uh, and if you want, imagine finding this show by thinking you're going to get to hear a Josh Heupel interview. <laughs> well, what we gave you. Imagine hearing that first Josh Heupel <laughs> interview and thinking that is Josh Heupel, uh, <laughs> because damn it, it was not. Anyway, if you want to listen to that first season of the Zockets, I think it's only available on our Patreon. I, I, I'm have to look it up, but that's going back sometime. We started the Son of a Bitch in 2014, but we love you too, Burton in California. Good morning, Tiger fans. That's the day following the Cotton Bowl win. Uh, I just want to say, and you've probably seen plenty of it by now, but don't let these slapdick Ohio State or Oklahoma fans, or any other fan base for that matter, say that this win doesn't mean anything, because that is not the case. You just want a New Year's Six Bowl. We're going to finish within the top eight. we got a lot of players coming back. The trajectory for this program is looking right, folks. It's a good time to be a Tiger fan. Hell of a season. Uh, it's been fun. 
And with that being said, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Oh, and to follow up that last voicemail, by the way, Colin, this is Cole from Westwater, Mizzou. Um, nice. I echo your sentiment that I am Brett Sarver. M-I-Z. <laughs> that's that's yeah. There's a, that's yeah. The we 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 did a whole did a whole speech on not stepping on the joke. I am Brett Sarver. That's the tweet. Hi, uh, my name is John Barclay. John Barclay here again, and I would like to say what a fantastic effort of winning the '88 Cotton Bowl, and it was so awesome. And I. I will say Missouri's going to win the national championship next year. I really do. I have a great feeling about this uh, football team. I really like them, and goddamn, our athletic department is skyrocketing to the you know, future of winning national championships in both football mm-hmm. and basketball, which is a fantastic thing. And I hope that Hugh Freeze gets raped on the field and that he gets molested and possibly murdered by... Uh, Maryland and <laughs> and I don't give a fuck ball, which is basically <laughs> which is which is sweet karma there. I hate that guy. I want to see him get murdered. I really do. All right, see you later. Bye bye. I want to say to the fans listening right now, yes, that call was disturbing, <laughs> but uh, we've already identified as Mr. Barkley as a uh, serial killer. Yeah. Earlier in the season, uh, on the phone calls, so none of this should be shocking to you. And no, we're not going to take it out of the show because we've already prefaced it that he is a lunatic murderer. Well, I think the question, you know, I think a lot of shows, Colin would say, "Well, we, we're just we better not put that on." Um, I think we just maybe preface calls when they come in from John Barkley, be like, "Hey, if you're sensitive John or if David you're soft." Barkley. John David Barkley, we assume we need a middle name, John, because if, you know, we all know that you're a, a murderous serial killer and you need three names. Um, we're just going to be like a little trigger warning at the beginning. John Barkley's calling. John David Barkley. Buckle up, guys, because there's going to be something that's going to make you feel weird. And it's going to get weird. It's going to get weird, and you may not like it, but by God, we're putting it on the show. So, uh, you know. Yeah. Until we're we're free speech absolutists. Yes. And we know it's going to come back and bite us. We know we're going to get a call from a detective at some point and be like, there's this guy, John David Barkley. Um, we know he's been calling on your show. We've got some questions. You're going to need to come in and, 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 and answer some questions. And we're not going to want yeah. to do it. Um, but that's yeah, just that's right. the like, price you do pay. Do you know about the whereabouts of these half dozen, you know, nursing students <laughs> that's right. uh, that we can't seem to find? I'm like, no, sir, we do not. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, yeah, all fingers are pointing to, all signs are pointing to Mr. Barkley's house. So uh, <laughs> anyway, thanks for calling, John. Barkley reporting for duty. Sending this in late as I lost my voice from Friday. But the Cotton Bowl awards are as follows. First, one fart goes to Cody Schrader. Our two-fart star goes to the Mizzou fans for selling out the bowl, just dominating the crowd at Jerry's shithole palace. Uh, and finally, it was nothing short of a three-fart performance by Missouri's defense and Blake Baker, a group of men that, for three and a half hours straight, weren't afraid to rip ass and take names. 
As our famous forefather and president, Millard Fartmore, once wrote, Bart proudly the new fans. Bart guy out. <laughs> in other news, let's talk about what's going on in the rest of the college football world. Let's go around the horn. We, we, we break our bread and waffle house. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Loves football. All right, guys. Not all the bowls obviously have been played yet. We wanted to get this one out soon after the game while momentum was still high, but there has been enough, I guess, SEC college football play to talk about some of our teams. First, I think we should get into the Georgia Florida State game. It came the day following, obviously, the Mizzou win in the Cotton Bowl. 63-3, to Georgia embarrassed Florida State, the Florida State team that was 13-0 and felt they had been robbed from a playoff position. I want to know what you guys think about this because some people say it means Florida State didn't belong and this proves it, and other people say this is evidence that the college football bowl system is broken because Florida State is better than a 60-point dog to Georgia. The, they gave up. They didn't fucking play football. Half their team didn't show up. That's on them. That's not on anybody else. They decided that they got they got robbed of being in a national championship game, which they didn't deserve to be in. They wouldn't have won it. They wouldn't have won a playoff game. And then you showed up and shit your pants. It's your own well, fault. You got to play yeah, for pride I, at some point. You got to have pride in yourself. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They didn't have any pride. And the truth is, is that they weren't uh, probably a playoff team. And it didn't have anything to do with, you know, being uh, undefeated or whatever, it's, they lost their quarterback. They lost their very best player. And maybe that shouldn't count. But if I'm on the committee, I'm like, do we want to put a team in? You know, like, take a, any team. Take the Chiefs, for instance. This year is not a great example. But take Patrick Mahomes off that roster. Does that does that change the, the dynamic of the Chiefs? Absolutely. As did losing uh, their quarterback for Florida State. I They didn't belong there. And... You know, if that quarterback had been there and the whole roster showed up, maybe they only get beat by 28 instead of 60. Right. But they still get fucking housed by Georgia. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, to me, is that Georgia had as much reason to not want to be there and give up as Florida State did. Georgia was 12-1, and and they feel like they deserve to be in the playoffs and didn't make it either. They could have packed it in. They could have opted out. But instead, they poured 63 points on Florida State and took them to the fucking woodshed. So I don't want to hear about how this is. You know, like, why does this only impact Florida State? You know, why do the opt-outs only impact one team and not the other? Flor well, Georgia showed up. Georgia's good. Georgia's better. That's it, Georgia, like you said, Colin, would have been much better had they had a full roster. We know it. We, everybody knows it. This does prove it. Fuck Florida State. Crab leg stealing motherfuckers. I agree. Strong. They, they weren't strong. Yeah, that's man. right. They weren't strong enough. They weren't strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go down to the Ole Miss Penn State game at the Peach Bowl. Number 11 Ole Miss versus number 10 Penn State. Another SEC Big Ten matchup. Uh, Ole Miss looks solid. money I ever made in my life. Same. I Easy bet it. Money. I bet it. 38 to 25 was the final score. Ole Miss was a six point dog in this one. Ended up 
winning handily. Uh, yeah. I mean, Penn State has lost to every team that was good they played. Big Ten is fucking weak. But, you know, that's the only way to well, put it. Well, I wanted to play Penn State because there might be no other program in college football that lives more on reputation besides from Notre Dame than Penn State. Like this sort of like Penn State is not that good. They were not that good. I I ne- I should have bet this game. I didn't. But uh, yeah, absolutely easy money. Well, I plus, can't believe they were a favorite. Plus, Penn State couldn't even use the excuse of my good players aren't playing today. Why we shad? Uh, like all the other programs. That, but uh, speaking of making money, Caleb, I wanted to bet the Georgia. Florida State game, and I pushed out at the end. I don't know why. I was like, 14 is a lot of points. Oh, I feel like an idiot because that would have been the easiest money I ever made in my life. But anyway, at least I made money off of the old Miss running ribs. Where the SEC has not looked good today was the University of Auburn playing Maryland. I don't think this is a surprise oh to anybody. Um, well, maybe the outcome of the game was a surprise. Maryland won 31 to 13. Auburn has been shitty all year long. I've been saying it all year long. They were six and six going into this game, sneaking into a bowl game, weirdly almost beating Alabama, but looked like dog shit today. And a lowly Maryland team from the Big Ten uh, beat them badly in the uh, Music City Bowl. If there is a God, he hates you, Freeze, because this is a rank hypocrite. And sure. the outcome of this game gave me more belief than anything a priest has ever said to me. <laughs> yeah, we have every reason to hate you, Freeze. Everybody does. I mean, not as much as John Barkley, obviously, but um, <laughs> but it is good to see him not succeed, I think. And so, uh, fuck yeah. The SEC isn't perfect, as we mentioned. Uh, Texas A&M also lost their bowl game on Wednesday in the Texas Bowl. Oklahoma State won 31-23 to in a pretty close matchup. Texas A&M, not a good team. Got their head coach, Jimbo Fisher, fired. Not good enough. Uh, Oklahoma State, every year, is like kind of good. You don't want to play them, but not great. They were 10-4 and this year. Kind of good, but like... Gundy has stuck around for years with that program. He's not going any, he's one of those guys that's just like, I'm just, I just am Oklahoma state. And I get, I grow a mullet. I have weird hair and I yeah. coach at yeah. Oklahoma state. And, uh, if he's taught me anything, but it's don't play a coach with a lesbian haircut. <laughs> and they go ahead and they win another bowl game against uh, Texas A&M, a, a Jimbo Fisherless Texas A&M. Yeah. I saw uh, somebody talking about Mizzou, you know how their season kind of stacks up um, for for them to get to the playoffs next season. They're like, you know, well, they got A and M on their schedule. And I thought that that's what the talking head said. I was like, why would the A and M game be what gives you pause? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like they're <laughs> what? But I I will say this though, it's I'm <laughs> politics and sports are the same, and that people build a narrative in their head and then they fight to keep that narrative alive. And right now, the narrative is is Mizzou is going to be. A playoff team next year. Yeah, I like it. This is good. It's not. It, now we got to live up to those expectations. But for the first time in my memory, I feel like Mizzou's going to start getting the benefit of the doubt because some of these talking heads have stuck their neck out a little bit for Mizzou, and so they're going to want to keep the Mizzou's good narrative alive versus just dismissing us out of hand. And so I think they'll want us to be in the playoffs because they've been telling people that's what they think is going to happen. It's good for the SEC. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with it, too, because when it comes to these bowls, Mizzou beat a blue-blood Big Ten team. 
SEC fans like that. You know, they're like, our worst team next to Vanderbilt beat your best team. You know, <laughs> they, just, yeah. they, they don't love Mizzou, but we, they got that SEC sticker on their helmet. And so, uh, by God, we like beating Ohio State. And we like notching an SEC win, especially when teams like Texas A&M and uh, Auburn can't do it, couldn't do it. And another team that couldn't do it was the Kentucky Wildcats, which lost a very close one to Clemson, sadly. I mean, I don't have any love for the Wildcats this year, but I hate Clemson. And uh, Kentucky has fallen apart down the stretch, but they played this very close, and a crappy Clemson team beat them 38-35. to Did you see Dabo after the game? Like, uh-uh. He's on the field like a super douche canoe. Like, oh, man. National championship. He's fucking... Beat Kentucky. Get the fuck out of town. Uh, he's one of the most unlikable characters in college football. I saw one of the media type from the Clemson universe saying that they think that he gets an undue amount of crap because he's he's outward about his faith, as if he's the only coach in football history that's been outwardly like Christian. Yeah, right. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's not. People don't like him, dislike him because he likes Jesus. They dislike him because he sucks hard as a human being. Yeah, well, it's the same thing. But it reminds me of the Tim Tebow era. Like, oh, they'll never let an openly Christian guy succeed. I'm like, have you seen him throw a football? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's helping him, not hurting him. I feel like he might be getting the benefit of the doubt here, guys. <laughs> Yeah, so those are the games that have been played so far, but remaining on the bowl schedule, LSU takes on Wisconsin on New Year's Day. This one, I think I want to bet this one, Caleb. LSU is a 10-point favorite. I think they're going to clobber the fuck out of Wisconsin. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I bet it already. I got it. I got it. I got a parlay with them in on it, and then I just got a straight bet, and uh, I went I – went, Full underdog on a parlay with Missouri, Alabama, Ole Miss, and then I hit a uh, a favorites, and I've got LSU, Oregon. I don't remember all on that one, dude. They're gonna house them. Yeah, LSU is going to to boat race them. I sure hope so because I'm gonna put money on it too. There were two bets I didn't make that I wanted to. I was gonna take the over in the um, Ole Miss Penn State game, and that hit too. And I'm out of that. I didn't pick it. And then of course the Georgia game. Obviously, would have been a big win. Tennessee, number 21 in the country, is taking on number 17, Iowa. Tennessee is a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Iowa doesn't score points. The over-under in this one is 35-and-a-half. I don't know that I'd want to touch this one. Tennessee is sort of a crazy team to – they look so bad against us. I feel like that has definitely colored my judgment. This game ended up being like 16 to 9. I'd be like, okay, I could see that. Yeah. And I could also be in like 35 to like, to, you know, 14 or something. So it, neither outcome would surprise me. So like, I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Iowa won't put up over seven points. Yeah. But yet they managed 10 wins on the season. That's crazy. But uh, like I said, I think the, the way we beat the shit out of Tennessee has definitely colored my view of what Tennessee's capable of. So it's not one I want to touch. It would be a great win for the SEC for Tennessee to beat them because, you know, Iowa was the representative in the Big Ten championship and obviously got destroyed by Michigan. Uh, but for Tennessee, who was down in the SEC rankings to beat basically the runner-up for the conference in the Big Ten, would be a good luck for the for the SEC. 
I don't think the Big Ten is a very good football conference. I also think Alabama's going to boat race Michigan, but I yeah. long before. Oh, but, I, th- I think you're going to see um, the Michigan Astros get beat pretty hard. <laughs> I think you know how we talked about Georgia, you know, beat them by uh, Florida State by sixty, and if they'd had all their players, it may have only been twenty eight. Yeah, I feel like that's what you're going to get with Michigan Alabama. You know, it's yeah. like they're going to get. I'm not saying to be a twenty eight point victory, but I, I think Alabama is going to beat the Michigan Astros down pretty hard. Michigan is a two-point favorite in the Rose Bowl currently, a low over-under of 44.5 points. Alabama is a slow-moving freight train this year where they started out and they just didn't look very good. They had a lot of close games. They barely beat a bad Auburn team to finish out the season, but they've also just never been able to lose. They've got one ding on the record for the entire year and all they've done since then is just win 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 and win it's just very nick saber nick saban-esque it's just kind of a boa constrictor you think you have a chance and then they just slowly suck the life out of you <laughs> i would love to see alabama clobber michigan uh like i said calling the michigan astros with their unlikable coach one of i don't know on the unlikable coaches spectrum of current coaches where would you put jim harbaugh I honestly didn't have a big problem with Jim Harbaugh when I was younger, but like since he's gone to Michigan, like he is just every year he says something or does something. It's like, man, you are the most unlikable character in the world. And uh, all the all the khaki wearing, milk drinking for me, and <laughs> even beer. Trust me. Well, no. and we all have to pretend that Mich- nobody on Michigan's coaching staff had any idea about any of this stuff going on. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you are. Uh, the, Oh, I mean, it's kind of like when you were talking about earlier in the show, like we had to pretend like these football players were students. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jim Harbaugh had no idea about any of this stuff going on. And if you can kick Florida State out of the fucking playoff for losing their quarterback, why can't you kick Michigan out for being cheaters? Yeah. You know, he like literally got caught cheating. It, but they still get to go. I hope Alabama destroys them. It's good. It's good for the Big Ten if they have Michigan there and get eyes and all that for college football, Colin. That's why you don't do something like that. Yeah, I guess. I just hope the fucking. I hope the Crimson Tide just. I hope Michigan can do deep knee bends or a fire hydrant when this game is over. I hate to be the guy that says this, but I think the top end of the SEC is way better than the top end of the Big Ten. Like talent wise, team wise. I don't think it's close. They'll beat their ass. I don't, I don't think it's what even What was the a, spread in this? Michigan's a two-point uh, favorite. Two-point favorite? Yeah. I got, I got Alabama that. plus two and a half when I took it. Yeah? I don't know. It, the Michigan thing, it's just, fuck them. The cheating deal, I agree. The, the, I know the NCAA rules and the application of their rules is just scattershot and makes no sense. But even if Harbaugh didn't know, and I don't believe that for a second – what happens to this whole like lack of institutional control thing they used to apply to teams? Like it's like, yeah, well, if you didn't know it, that's in and of itself a problem because you should have known about it because you're the coach. Oh, Bill Self got rid of that rule. Yeah, <laughs> the Bill. So you don't have to worry about that. That was yeah. When Snoop Dogg put a money machine at uh, at uh, half court of a fucking a uh, pep rally, strippers. Uh, yeah, they <laughs> they just said, you know what. We're just going to get rid of that rule because it's obviously Bill Self is not going to follow it, uh, and we can't have we can't ever you know do anything to hurt Kansas. So 
just get rid of that rule. Yeah, th- that's true. The Snoop, Dro- Snoop Dogg money machine and stripper poles at midcourt. At that point, it's like, let's just stop pretending the NCAA is a thing, right? Like, let's just <laughs> not even pretend like this is a level playing field here. It's ridiculous. I mean, if you don't hate the Kansas Jayhawks, I don't care if you're a Mizzou fan. If you don't hate the Kansas Jayhawks, fuck you. You're a bad person. <laughs> I don't mind the, saying it. They're the worst, I mean, worst thing. Next to like what John Barkley does to uh, young co-eds, Kansas Jayhawks are terrible. I would let John David Barkley babysit my kids before I'd let Bill Self. Wow. Wow. And that's really saying something. <laughs> but you know what, Colin? You're right to say what? it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, that's been around the horn. <laughs> and uh, okay, I'm going to tell you guys something that I did not have on my bingo card. I would have never, last August, thought that I would ever be telling you guys this. But let's read tweets from Ohio State fans in this next segment of Sour Grapes. What you got there, Sour Grapes? You got a grip of Sour Grapes. Okay, okay, guys. You imagine in August, you're like, here, here's a little piece from the future. Brendan's going to be introducing a sour grape segment from Ohio State fans, which means that Mizzou beat Ohio State in football. And the first question you have is, why are they playing Ohio State? And then you'd realize that uh, it was a big fat fucking bowl and we pulled off the win. Yet here we are in late December. Let's get into some Ohio State shower grapes. Let's start out with an obvious one, Colin. Hoopla at Hoopla says, that was Missouri's Super Bowl. OSU might as well have played their high school commitments. Sour grapes. They did. They played two of them at quarterback when they mm-hmm. were top 20 nation, and they sucked. <laughs> That's right. Brandon? Yeah. Pat Mahomes' fifth cousin says, eat shit, Mizzou. Your jerseys are ugly forever, and your color scheme is trash. <laughs> Cutting remarks. Great. Yeah, I do want to address this uh, whole, we, you might as well have been playing our high school recruits. You played a scout team bullshit. Because one, teams like Ohio State love to throw in our face how much better at recruiting they are than us. So it's like, okay, so are these guys four or five-star recruits who are really good at football, or are they not? Because you're... First of all, you're insulting your entire fucking team by calling them a scout team when it's really like three guys who are missing, right? So like <laughs> the other 85 guys that are walking around here have been playing for you all year long. You're now just reducing them to their scout team. That's your team. You're just like kicking in the nuts uh, just so you can cope a little bit on Twitter. Like it's really insulting. And then also, um, you know, it's just flat out wrong. Um, Sam Stewart says, this is the biggest game for Mizzou in a decade. This season is just a disappointment for us. Two different standards. At the same time, still embarrassing. How is OSU losing to a poverty program? Total joke. That's Sour a, you know how, grapes. You're, there was, for, it was rent-free in your head for a while. The new yeah. buzzword is poverty program. It's so overused. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, and like I said, eventually it's going to go away. Uh, but like right now, man, it is it is cultural zeitgeist. Uh, insult number one for any any blue blood who wants to insult anyone else is like well it doesn't even have to be blue bloods everybody says that's true and i think right up it's right up there with super bowl i mean everything's a fucking super bowl we make fun of mizzou having every super bowl every week 
Uh, but I think they, that Super Bowl thing gets thrown around by fucking everybody. Oh, man. It is weird how people just like pick up on a thing and that's the only burn that they have. The only thing they're and, capable And you're right. It's not just Blue Bloods. The only team in the SEC that hasn't uh, called us a poverty program at this point is Vanderbilt, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. The thing, um, I, I will say this about the Super Bowl comment about Ohio State. It's like, kind of, yeah, kind of was our Super Bowl. It was, one, it was the last game of the year. And it was you get a big trophy at the end of it, and you're a big team, and we beat you. So I, I guess sorry for cheering, but yeah, it was a big day for us. Brennan Cheese at Not Corn But Cobb writes, Mizzou is garbage. Ohio State played three better teams this season. Sour grapes. The well, crazy they, thing about this statement is, it's like, did Ohio State have three losses? I don't remember <laughs> having three losses. Yeah, because we're better than Ohio State because we because we won. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, at Chiefs Nasty says Mizzou acting wild like a regular season Ohio State team wouldn't have busted their asses. Bowl season is trash now. Let's be real about this. If the game was played in the first three weeks of the season with shit on the line, shit. Sour grapes. That's a lot of speculating there. <laughs> yeah, shit. I mean, fuck um, you. Bring that bread fixer <laughs> underscore fixer. Mizzou's stats were inflated by garbage SEC defenses. Yeah. Sour that's, grapes. Uh, that's quite a take from uh, from the Big Ten. Yeah, it sure is. Brendan, that reminds me of one of the best tweets I saw all weekend of this bowl season. I think it was, it may have been, uh, I think it was maybe A&M's Barstool account, but they, they had quote tweeted some FSU fans saying like, Georgia won't be able to handle our D. Yeah. And then, and then it said George's D, and it was a picture of that, like, Annabelle Danger porn star. Yeah. Uh, it made me laugh hardly. <laughs> yeah. I uh, saw that, too. I appreciate it greatly. John at John15 says, shit's frustrating as fuck. Mizzou is hot garbage. Salad grapes. Yeah, we beat you. We beat you, and almost no one else in your entire conference could, except for Michigan. So, uh, you know. You- and they cheat. And they cheated. So, like, we did it straight up. I guess uh, you suck. It's it it is it boggles my mind. You know, all year long, every time we won, every time our record climbed up and got better and better, and every time we went up the rankings, there would be new excuses to why you know we haven't played anybody. And now we beat the number seven team in the country, Ohio State, who was this close to going to a playoff should they have beaten Michigan. And there's still excuses being made. It's just like, w- literally, there's nothing Mizzou can do for some people. You know, yep. and it's just like, fuck them all. Fuck them all. This is why we've been in the conference for 10 years and we still, quote unquote, don't belong no matter what we do. I saw today, there are, uh, if you rank the teams in the SEC, how many 11 win seasons they've had, we are number three behind Alabama and Georgia. Next on the list, University of Missouri Tigers. So like fuck everybody because you're just like there's nothing we can do to satisfy you know it's just we don't want Mizzou to be good we don't like the reality of the world so we're just going to pretend like reality is not there it's a great cult Britain Doctor FedEx guy writes it's just the fluke wait and see they will downfall again dot 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 I don't understand how this they will downfall again dot dot dot. Yeah, so that too. I think like, he means fall down. I don't know. It's well, I mean, we're diving into some folks who have very, very poor educations. Well, I, I just uh, we're, but we're gonna downfall again, guys. So just yeah. prepare yourselves for that. 
I hope we don't downfall again. Fuck you, Ryan Day writes, Mizzou still stinks. They just ran into Ryan Day. We get this a lot from the Arkansas and the Tennessees of the world. It's like, we would have beaten you. We just have a bad coach right now. This new coach we're hiring, he's going to be good. And then we beat them and they're like, oh, we've got a pretty bad coach right now. And so, uh, yeah, Ohio State, join the Tennessees of the world with your stupid excuse making. Maybe you do have a bad coach, but we beat you. You just ran into the worst 10 years of Arkansas football. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, exactly. yes, you are really bad and have been for a really long time. I feel like you're making our point for us. At the Stone Chief, Brennan writes, fuck Mizzou. Sour great. It's a classic. Classic. Yeah. Matthew Layla writes, fuck Mizzou. Sour grapes. Petrino's Hot Blonde writes, blah, 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 I don't care, fuck Mizzou. Sour <laughs> grapes. <laughs> DJ Ivy Enthusiast writes, first step, figure out how to win your conference. Step two, figure out how to win a natty. Mizzou is inferior to Ohio State. Sour grapes. Except they are allowed to play each other straight up, and Missouri beat them. So, like, I feel like people forget that the teams actually get to play each other on the field, and that's what ends up mattering. Yeah, I know, I know right? Brennan, I think to wrap it up, we should quote uh, 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 some sage wisdom from Brodo Faggins. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, what do he have to say? He is a bunch of chumps. Mizzou's ones just beat the Ohio State's third team and act like they won the fucking Super Bowl. Fucking get out of here. Fight me. Sour grapes. <laughs> yeah. He said Ohio think that LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, too. So, you know, they're skewed. Yeah. And But, I mean, this is a false narrative that it was Ohio State's third team. It wasn't. It wasn't. Their best receiver was not playing. That is true. Their quarterback what were they gonna wasn't do playing. With, let's say their quarterback was there. If there's a, a, a linebacker or safety hitting you in the fucking teeth on every play, a tenth of a second after the snap, is it really going to matter who's playing quarterback? Well, exactly. And I also want to say, like, if we're going to play this if-then game, like, oh, if, if only if, only if this, only if that would happen – Let's maybe throw in our best linebacker and one of our best secondary players, too, because do we get them back? If you guys are, well, getting your world's best receiver and quarterback back, like, d- I don't understand this thing. It's like, why is it only impacting Ohio State? Why isn't Missouri also impacted by these guys who aren't playing? We didn't yeah, have, can we a- have. Can we have the two guys who are top five defenders on our defense who are arguably top five at their position in the fucking conference? Yeah, but that doesn't uh, get mentioned. Can we have those guys and play again? <laughs> They're playing Sundays. Yeah. But no, 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 no. It's our receiver and it's our quarterback who would have made this game a different outcome. It's like, man, you re- you see what we did to your offense? You see what our defense did to you without two of our best guys? You were fucked. Anyway, it's been great. And uh, Ohio State, welcome to the party of Sour Grapes. Sour Grapes! It's nice to get out of the conference, uh, but still get one of the top dog teams to uh, cry on the Mazodcast. I really enjoyed it. Let's get into a quick Kansas news. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Well, guys, the big story coming out of the state of Kansas was their 8-4 and four Kansas Jacks, one of the best football teams they've had in decades, played in the, the vaunted 
respected, well-respected, guaranteed rate bowl on Tuesday, and they went up against the UNLV Rebs, coached by Did you one. Say guaranteed rate or guaranteed rape? It's both. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I like I I feel like it rates probably what you meant to say, what you were saying, but yeah. it is Kansas we're talking about. So who knows what the sponsors? That's true. I do think Colin, um, if you consider it, probably would be a hard sell to have guaranteed <laughs> rape be a sponsor for a bowl. Game. I, I know they'll take money from anybody. Let's be honest. Yeah, sure. But sure. that's going to not play well on T-shirts, and the advertisements yeah. are going to be really tough you to watch. I feel like the whole woke crowd's really going to be upset with a, <laughs> with a bowl game that's predicated on encouraging rape. Not just encouraging, like guaranteeing it, guaranteeing. I- ensuring that it will happen. <laughs> um, God, it's everybody's so woke these days. <laughs> so Kansas <laughs> played UNLV, coached by one Barry Odom. You may have heard of the guy. Uh, I was looking forward to this one because – you know, Barry Odom has taken UNLV. I mean, they weren't very good, and all of a sudden, they're in the guaranteed rape bowl. So, like, they have gone places. Kansas ended up putting up a lot of points. It was a close game f- for a while, but 49-36, to 36, the Jayhawks won with 21 fourth-quarter points over Barry Odom's squad. Huge win for the Jayhawks. I, I don't even want to know what that trophy looks like. Well, Because I, I know there's a fist on the end of it. I know that uh, in one of our uh, numerous timelines on tweets that a Kansas fan said that uh, Kansas would have beat both Ohio State and Missouri and how yeah. ridiculous it was that uh, you know they had to play lowly UNLV. And I just thought, what universe are you living in? <laughs> I was like, I would love – listen, buddy. No one wants Mizzou to play Kansas in football more than we do. You know, I mean? like, yeah. this, Nothing would make me happier than watching Cody Schrader pumble your – disgusting uh rape affiliated team on on the football field but uh you know your head basketball coach and ad are bitches and uh have basically ran away from us forever so what are you gonna do yeah well i I can't believe they're still trying to push that turd up a hill that we we dodged them last year in the bowls i'm so glad that we get to play kansas finally again in football uh soon because we will answer these questions, and I think we know what the answers will be. And the reality is they were trailing to Barry Odom's UNLV squad going into the fourth quarter of this game. They were trailing to UNLV. So, yes, they ended up pulling it out and scoring a lot of points. football powerhouse. <laughs> That's right. And, Caleb, I think you had maybe mentioned to us off air that you wanted to roll the douche of the week into this Kansas news segment. Can you tell us a little bit why? Yes, I would like to tell you why. And there, I did see the trophy, Colin, and uh, this is why it makes it so funny. So if you'll remember back when uh, the Lakers won like their second championship, Kobe and Shaq won their second championship, there's a really famous photo of Kobe like hugging the trophy. Like resting sitting, his head on it. Yeah, laying his head on it while sitting in the locker room bathroom. There is also a picture now of a Kansas football player in the locker room bathroom holding the guaranteed rate fist trophy, just like yeah. Kobe. It's not a lot. That happened in real life. <laughs> what yeah. is the trophy? It's just a picture of – is it just uh, like a bust of Bill Cosby or yeah. – uh, it, It's just a big metal spoon-looking thing. I don't know. Like It's fucking <laughs> – Man. Like in this kid, I know he's a kid, and I said that earlier, but he won the guaranteed rate bowl. <laughs> Kobe Bryant picture, like 
I hope one day you get to go wherever you go in the afterlife and Kobe Bryant's there and he knocks the fuck out of you. <laughs> oh, Kobe <laughs> Bryant won't be there. <laughs> I, I don't know if you have ever read the details of what he did in that Colorado hotel room, but Kobe Bryant will not be there. Well, that guy went to school at Kansas, so he's probably ended up wherever Kobe yeah, Kevin right. K- K- did not say heaven, Colin. So <laughs> yeah, we should specify. Yeah, that's right. So okay, well, let's uh, name this uh, Kansas guaranteed rape victor douche of the week. <laughs> douche of the week. Brennan, you know what? Yeah. It's been a good episode. I and think, I think so. we can. We I think there's a couple of reasons. One, Caleb Bob's here. Uh, the Caleb the Greek, and two, it's a sex dungeon episode. Yeah, that's right. I'm loading bullets. I'm fucking crafting dildos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got that lathe work. Shit ever hits the fan, we can fight with a lot of different weapons. <laughs> That's right. We do have one last award to give out, fellas, and that is the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game Award. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. I know that they gave Brady Cook the Offensive Player Award, and they gave Johnny Walker Jr. the Defensive Player Award for the Cotton Bowl win. What would you fellows have done if you were giving out the Kirk Farmer's Hair Award amongst the confetti on the field of AT&T Stadium after the Cotton Bowl? Who would have gotten the golden locks from you all? Well, I mean, Schrader, Carlisle on defense. I mean, I was kind of surprised he didn't. I'm not Johnny Walker Jr. didn't have a good game, but I was like, uh, I thought that 15 yard uh, unsportsmanlike when we were going to be, you know, fourth and whatever on on the in front of their end zone, I thought maybe that would knock him out. But yeah, no, you got a trophy for it. Uh, they don't win that game without Cody Schrader. That makes him the the best player on the field. Yeah, I yeah. I kind of wondered too. And it, I, I mean, I don't have an argument with them giving it to Brady Cook, but I feel like Schrader came on late and came on strong and made some huge plays when we needed it. And on top of that. The whole national media has just been jerking off like crazy to the Cody Schrader story, right? Like it's an amazing, cool story about him coming from like nothing in Truman State and then becoming a consensus All-American and beating Ohio State. It's such a good story. I'm kind of surprised they didn't just jam that trophy over to Cody Schrader. I was kind of tempted to. I feel like he played better in a way than Brady Cook did. I mean, we like Brady Cook did oh, what he we needed. needed to- Brady Cook needed Schrader to have that game. So the offense could open up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like I said, I think in the first half we saw, especially in the second quarter, that like they had kind of got away from the run. And that's when we, I, it, we looked bad at that point. And I was like, that's what I'm like, shove Cody Schrader down their fucking guts till they joke on him. Yeah. You have a conspiracy theory as to why Brady won the award? I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Well, because. You get Cody's leaving. They're not going to get to talk about him next year, but they will get to talk about Brady Cook, and they'll get to introduce him as the MVP of the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, every fucking chance they get, another kid that nobody really wanted. He got to play it here and did it. It's the same thing, but they have a talking point already that Missouri's got a returning Cotton Bowl MVP. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I think main reasons. Well, he's got that trophy, so I think we should give Cody Schrader another trophy. I think, in my opinion, he deserves the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game Award. How say you? What's the vote? Agreed. Aye. All right. The eyes have it. Cody Schrader, congratulations. You are the Cotton Bowl edition of the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game Award. 
He's got a number of them this season. None more well-earned than tonight. All right, guys, we've wrapped up another successful season of the Mazogcast. Congratulations. Never thought we'd be here 11-2. and two. Like I said, one of the best seasons for Mizzou in my entire lifetime. I don't know. You want to rank them? I say 07 for me, number one, and I'm going to put this one up against 2013 for the second best season of my entire life. I don't know. Where do you put it in the echelon for you guys? It's it's very good. Nothing will beat 07 for me. For I mean, they've got to win a national championship. The Kansas game, the number one ranking, all that was awesome. 13 was good, but this one's really good. We beat Ohio State in a bowl game, a New Year's Day bowl game. That's pretty tough to beat. Second, I say. Yeah, I'm a I'm of the exact same mind. 07 is sort of the the benchmark, um, but and maybe it's recency bias, but I feel like um, even though we didn't win the SEC East title uh, in this season as we did in uh, some other seasons, uh, this felt bigger. This felt like a better team. This felt like we got more credit throughout. I feel like both of those early SEC East championships, I almost feel like we backed into, snuck into. I don't. Maybe that's the wrong way to put it, but you know, like I don't feel like we're getting a lot of credit for it. You know, it was a lot of the SEC East is down. And yeah. uh, I don't think anybody I, – I haven't heard of – you know, early on this, we got some of that SEC East is down talk. But after Missouri just started just wrecking people, they're like, no, Missouri's actually good. And that yeah. kind of quieted it down. And I, I think as much as anything, this is the best team I've seen since 07. Yeah. Well, yeah. Better than those teams that won the East. I think the one thing that 2013 had over this year is, like you said, they, they, we won the division. But also, like 2007, we were a game away from a national title game at that point. Should we have beaten Auburn in the, in the SEC championship game? We were going to the national title game, and that was a big deal. And so that, for me, makes it tough to say this is number two over over uh, 2013. But I kind of agree with everything you said, Colin. Like, this felt bigger. This felt like a team that 2014, we had a really good record. We ended up having a great season. But if you'd have put us against Ohio State, I've been like, oh, fuck, we're going to get killed. You know, I never felt that way about this team. I thought, give us anybody. play. Let us play anybody. We will give them a game. We may not win, but we'll give them a fucking game. Well, and maybe that's why I feel this way is because I never believed we were going to beat Auburn. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I understand what you're saying. So, all right, guys. I think that'll do it for uh, the for the night. And uh, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go fucking tight. going to get that on the Power Mizzou podcast. (laughs) No, no, you're not.